Okay, good evening everybody, and believe it or not, we are up to Pilo. Pilo actually means prayer. So one of the ten Lashonas of Tefillah is Pilo. For example, coming up in, 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 a, short, in a few weeks, V'yamur Pinchas V'yapalo, and Pinchas got up and prayed. Or V'espalal al Hashem, and I, and, I, and I prayed to Hashem. So Pilo, this Lashon of Pilo, which literally we're going to translate as prayer for, for now, is a lashon is a language which which refers to the awesomeness, uh, the holiness of the thing we're dealing with. Lashon which is which is just a nothing, not nipple falling, not groaning, not singing, prayer, which is what we find in the Torah and we find in the Jewish people. We're lashon tefila, where we're going to elucidate what does it mean tefila prayer. Reisi Shnei I found two separate um, uh, explanations. Ha'echad, Lashon Din Umishpa, one is a, a, a language of strict and judgment. Kamosha Kosov and Nasim B'Pelilim, give it over to the courts, so to speak, the Dayanim, the judges. Uva Chazal B'Dvarim Rabbah, the measure says in Dvarim Rabbah, Tfilah is Lashon Shalpilo V'Dirshu V'Pasav V'Yamad B'Nechaz B'Palal, Pinchas, as a Jewish people, were being afflicted by the plague after the, the Misa of Baal Peor prayed. Sha'asa Mishpat, there was a judgment. One of the things we can say tefillah is, 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 is to pray. Um, is, is to pray, but it also means judgment and strict and judgment, serious stuff, strict judgment. That's one of the languages of prayer. Um, of, of prayer. However, many commentaries, many say that tila prayer means connection to cling to. Kamosha Kosov, when it says by Rachel, she said about Naphtali when she named Naphtali Naphtali of course, she gave Bilhah to Yaakov before she had any children. So she gave Bilhah. She's Naphtali Elokim Naphtali Imachaisi. Mary, she connected, she's now connected like her sister, just like Leah had children. She names Naftali, she's also connected um, that she has children. I'm connected like my sister. Cesar Pinkus, Venir Shashay Purushim, MS. Both explanations are true. Tefillah connotes both in all forms of Tefillah. Now, if Tefillah means Ischabrus, connection, if it means connection, you also don't have to say why it's a general term. Tefillah is not just a language of one side judgment or strictness, another side of connection. If it's, it's also the, the language of general prayer. The stam, the general word of prayer is tefillah. So if it's a schabris, if tefillah means to connect it's 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 understandable. It's very understandable why connection is the word. It's poshit that it's Indian If it means that the connection, dvekus, clinging to Hashem, to totally be connected to Hashem. As the Ramam, as, as the Ramam says in Mor Nevuchim and Gaitil Perplex, Hello Be'arti Lecha, I've already elucidated to you, Shazah Seicha, Asher Shef Alana, Ma'ashem Yisala, Hu'ediba'k Asher Be'neinu Uveinu, 
you want to connect to Hashem, you got to connect. You have to know there's Hashem through, through your intellect. Don't just get carried away and live in the world and be completely oblivious to the world. Actually, I'm, I, I had this book. I, 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 you know, I, there's a certain day school I went to a while back. They were selling Jewish books. They were selling Jewish books. And then, like, you know, there was a, they were selling out their li- old library. So I went a while back. I found these old Jewish history books that they don't even sell anymore. I was excited to get these Jewish history books. Found some other books. They were like a dollar each. It was Gavaldic. So I saw this book called The Jewish Theory of Everything. And I heard about this book. This rabbi, Dr. Max Antibi, with Tom and Victor Miller. So I bought it, you know. I'm just reading it a few pages a day. Amazing book, The Jewish Theory of Everything. Really, it's, you know, proving God through science and through nature. So, just last night, I was reading about the egg. We were talking about evolution. That, you know, how could an egg evolve? So, how could an egg, how did Shaykh that you can have an egg evolve, right? Which is many species are, you know, from reptiles to certainly fowl, chickens, whatever, are born from eggs. Because basically, if you have an egg, if the, the, the shell is too thin it will crack and it will be yolk or, or white. So you can't evolve. Like how does the eggshell evolve? But if it's too thick, what happens? The little birdie can't come out. So how does... He just talking, it's not just birds. It's every species that, that has eggs. It's that, this is one, one example he gives. So why, why, was I, why did I mention this egg thing? Because you and I, we ate eggs all the time. Did we ever think about how the shell is exactly perfect that a... Chicken or any animal could be born. It could be too hard. It can't get out. It's too thin. It breaks. Right? And you got to be a shaita, an idiot, a fool, an ignoramus to believe this just evolved over time. This is just one example. I was thinking about eggs because it speaks to me. I'm not such a big egg eater, but I have eggs. We all eat eggs. It's part of many of us have a cookie and an egg. It's, it's in the cookie. Right? right? Eggs, you know, but I was thinking, like, you have an egg. How many people? I, I never thought about before. I'm sure I never thought about the shell of an egg. It's all there for the taking. So if a person wants to be smart, you can connect Hashem. The whole world, there's a whole world of Hashem. You can see Hashem in the world. Wherever you go, even in a little egg, you can see the, the Nifla Sabaira in the shell. Name of the egg. The shell of the egg. The shell of the egg. Fine. Rishus Nasana, and you have the Rishus, if you want to mechazek this connection to Hashem, um, uh, you can do a vimtir slach lishon if you want to weaken the connection. Achatifs go to asa. V'leischazik the adibok. And if you want to really strengthen this connection to Hashem, it's how, what's the, the ingredient to connect to Hashem? It's avas Hashem. She to kavanas chela kumoshi ba'arno. And if you want, to, the more you think about Hashem, the more you talk to Hashem, the stronger connection to Hashem is. And the weaker will be is when you forget about Hashem. You forget about Hashem. You get involved in your job, in life, in enjoyment. It could even be your family. You forget about Hashem. All language of the Let's say you put your mind in your food or work and you forget about Hashem. You've lost that connection. Right? And the Ramarelli in a couple of places says this. Whatever you're doing, whether you're going to work, which is a mitzvah, or you're eating, which is a mitzvah, or you're, you're exercising, which is a mitzvah to take care of yourself, you should not forget about Hashem. If you pull it out 
even vacation, for sure Torah study in tefillah is connection to Hashem. For sure all that. But whatever you do, if you, you, there has to be a connection to the Rebbe Hashem. Right? There are other ways to know Hashem. Right? In all of a person's ways, like Talmud, in Shoprat, Pasim, in Shulchan Arach, a person has to know Hashem. When you go to work, you do a mitzvah, you have to know Hashem. When you, you go for a walk, it's all being a, 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 an Evan Hashem. By the way, I, I'm not comparing it all, but it's a, a very crude martial metaphor. If you're at work, right, you, you're wherever, eight, nine, ten hours, if you're lucky, six hours, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, so, you're at work. Now, it could be you take a lunch break, but it's to reboot yourself for work. And if you, you know, it's a work environment, whatever it may be, you're, you're at work. A yid is out, is, is a connection to Hashem always. The Raman, by the way, stresses, in more Nebuchadnezzar especially, but in other Sfarim as well, that the, the essence of a Jew is to always be connected to Hashem. A person has to think about Hashem, and the, one of the highest levels of, thinking, of connection to Hashem is feel because that's talking to Hashem. You don't get better than that. I, I remember, I think I may have said this a couple of years ago in this year, but maybe not. In Amachad, the first time I brought Rav Hillel David Shluta, one of the great G'daylin Rabbanim in America, Rav Hillel David from Brooklyn, I brought him two or three times, I think three times, maybe two. Um, he spoke in the shul, and the first time he was there, somebody raised their hand. Uh, I would say it, but I don't, I don't want to say it because I want to tape, but... Uh, Somebody raised their hand. Well, he's a perfect person to ask this question, actually. One of the perfect person. And he says, well, how come you could believe in Hashem and not feel Hashem? Like, I don't feel, I don't feel connected to Hashem at all, uh, at all. Now, this guy, this gentleman, happens to be, ha- ha- um, you know, somebody who's more of an intellectual, but didn't show up to show a lot. Okay? He was not there a lot. This is many years ago. Many, many years ago. Um, and he's a thinker. And he says, why, why is it on Philshem? So he'll answer the following thing. He said, it's simple, right? You imagine the following thing. Imagine you have um, a parent in London and you're in San Jose. You know, you know you have a parent, but you never speak to your parent, you never email your parent, you never text your parent. This is real, actually, this is the beginning of social media time. You're not LinkedIn to your parent, you know, WhatsApp, I'm not advocating for this stuff, by the way. You don't talk to your parents. You don't send letters to parents. So what happens? You intellectually know you have a parent, but you're not connected. You're not connected. He said, if you come every time you daven or, and you learn and you do mitzvahs, you think about Hashem, you're connecting. When you imagine the following thing, you have a parent in London and every day you call your parent and you text a few times a day and you, you email the parent. Now you feel your parent. Your parent's part of your life. That's a crude example, but his point with this guy, if you don't show up to Torah and to davening, you're not going to feel Hashem. You may know there's Hashem, but you're not, it's not going to be part of your life. You're not going to feel a connection. And by the way, I, I, I unfortunately know certain people that, you know, the points of their life, they were connected and felt Hashem, and they moved to places, and, or, or they disconnected to community or to shul, or to yeshiva, or to kerala, and they lost, not just their connection, emotionally, they, there are cases that they can come to deny Hashem, because then they can't admit the truth, but really they lost their, 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 their Yiddishkeit, they lost their, their you know, it, it, it's, it's, if a person is not, not connected, 
doesn't daven not part of it's very very shver now I'm not you know on, on a personal level and tefillah is talking to Hashem it's connecting to Hashem Tefillah means connection. You, you want to be connected to Hashem. You don't want to just know there's Hashem intellectually. And over time, by the way, if you don't daven, over time that connection will dissipate. Just like a child doesn't talk to a parent, the connection dissipates, weakens, slackens. By the way, even for a parent to a child, which is a deeper connection, <laughs> the parent to a child is a deeper connection, right? If a parent doesn't talk to this child, there's a loss. There are cases of people who didn't see their children 50, 60 years as cases where they've been separated, and they knew, I'm not talking about adoption where there's never a connection. I'm talking about kids were taken away from parents or separated, and, and, and very often their connection is lost, and they know they're a child or they know they're a parent. I'm not saying completely lost, but lost. Because you, there's no connection. There's no connection. A yid doesn't daven, he's not going to be connected to Hashem. So that's why, the, if, it, if it's chabrus, if connection is the language of tefillah, that's why it's so general, because it's the essence of tefillah. The essence of tefillah is to connect to Hashem. In uh, all of other tefillahs, everything else, whether however you pray, whether you groan, whether you cry, whether you sing, whether you, whether you fall, put yourself down, you fall down in front of Hashem, whether you rejoice with Hashem, it's all about the connection. It's all about being mischabar to Hashem in different ways. Even when a person knows and understands there is a Kaddish Barakul, there is a Barakul, he knows the Jewish everything, everything. No, this is about the, the egg. This, by the way, this book has great examples. But if you want to listen to Rebekah Miller's Shiurim, amazing! Amazing! You talk. You read an apple. You you learn about an apple and, and, and the depth of an apple, DNA. Yeah, every cell. How you how it cries and screams. The Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's a creator to the world, and you may know that. You may know there's a creator to the world, but you still won't be connected. If you read the Jewish theory of everything fifty times and you believe it, that's great. By the way, it's a good book. I'm recommending it. But you will not be connected unless you daven, because all you'll have is. You know you have a, a, a parent not alone. There's a parent in Shemayim, in Hashem, who's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Avinu, in Shemayim. But you have no connection because you never talk to Hashem. <laughs> you believe it is Hashem. Yeah, believe it is Hashem. You're not going to talk to Hashem. I guess it is a Madrika right? I should pull back a little bit. Because Ram does say in the Moran Vilchum also, because... It's not that you, here's a little bit different. Here you're thinking about Hashem. If you think about Hashem, you don't daven, and you think about, you see in the egg, you see in the apple, you see in, whatever, in the cell, there's a level of connection, because you're thinking about Hashem. Um, there are belief, there are more can be misdabek, but you're not going to have an emotional connection to, to Hashem. You're not going to have a depth, because there's no talking. If you think about somebody, in the room, you don't talk, you think about something, Right? You're, in Amer- you're in San Jose, or in San Antonio, or you know, in Chicago, wherever you may be, or in, or in smoky New York right now, and you think about your parent. See, that's, there's a level of connection. If a child's thinking about his parent, there's a level of connection. A level of connection. Because at least you're thinking. But if you don't talk, it's way less. You don't emotionally feel it. You didn't hear the voice. You didn't hear the day goes. You didn't share what's bothering you. You didn't cry. You didn't share the simcha. 
Talk, Baruch Ata, you Hashem. Ata Khanatanu. Or if I'm Hashem, you're talking, you're crying, you're singing, you're rejoicing. Ah, then there's a stark connection. Then you connect. We know. Of course, like we're standing in front of the king. Person should contemplate how elementary this is, and, re- and it's the reality. It's not just elementary; it's the our reality. When you daven, so Pegas gives an example of a person who's blindfolded. Second, the place. They can't see anything in the surrounding area. The Lord can take him from place to place. They say, now you're here, now you're there. Uh, and every place will have to feel differently. Like kids play when you're blindfolded. Oh, now you're in this room, now you're in this room. Um, you're here, you're there. Okay. But if you were saying right now, it's a reality. You're in front of the king. You're blindfolded and you're in front of a king. Now, real king. A real king. I'm just watching. Not watching. I saw pictures yesterday. The two biggest Hasidic groups in Israel, in Eretz Israel. The biggest, the largest is Gor or Ger Hasidim. And the second biggest is Bells. So first is Gor, second is Bells. And they had these weddings with 10, 50, 100,000 people. Because there's a grandson of Bells got married yesterday, or granddaughter, whatever, and a grandchild of the Gerebo. If you look at the pictures, there's tens, if not over 100,000 people at each of these weddings. A huge amount. If you're a chassid of the Rebbe, you don't miss it. By the way, that grandchild is a real, real chassid. You don't miss it. Now, if you were to take a person blindfolded, bring them to that, that chassid, you're by the Rebbe's chassid, they don't see it. They would be in awe. Or, or even more, you bring a, a bells or a chassid from the bells of the Rebbe. I've been in bells before. just their circus. Daven there a couple of times. Bells are Rebbe. Mamish, you know, you see, you want to see like a human example of kingship, you go, you go to a like that. Then the Rebbe comes, they wait for minutes. The Rebbe, the Rebbe, the Rebbe, the Rebbe. Right? And they're waiting and when the Rebbe comes to place, he jumps. It's like you can't imagine. And when he goes take Shabbos, it's like a whole scene. Mamish, if you go, if you go to Ghani, Gula, Romeima area, go to the, to the Bells are Shul. You'll see, it's unbelievable. Thousands of Hasidim, and they go, and these are Rebbe. Let's say you can't see it, but you'd feel it. You're by the Rebbe. Chassid, right now he's blind, he doesn't see it. He's blindfolded, but right now you're by the, the Rebbe. The bells are Rebbe. Okay, if you'd be in the old days, he was alive, Lubavitch, if you're for, for, for the laser, you've been down in the Chabad before, no, right? So if you were to take a good Lubavitcher chassid in front of the Rebbe, oh, they would be like, the Mizbol, oh, right, you know, a Rosh Hashimah, whatever it may be. The person is in front of a human, a human by a human, great people, Rebbe, whatever, big Rosh Hashimah, great, you know, in front of Chaim Kanyevsky, whoa, in front of Chaim, sitting in front of Chaim Kanyevsky, whoa, right, you're in front of them now, right now. Now you don't see, you can't see anything, but you know where you are. <laughs> You know where you are. Um, 
You would and, and you would feel it. You would feel I'm in front of Rabbi Chaim. I'm in front of the bells of Rabbi. And, it, and you're there. And you feel it. It's a different. It's a different feeling. And it's also true when it's there. Let's say, Masha in of Kshuras in the fact that you can't see the bells of Rabbi. You don't see Rabbi Chaim Kanyeski in front of you. It doesn't change the reality. Because if you're blindfolded and you're in front of Rabbi Chaim Kanyeski, Rabbi Chaim Kanyeski is in front of you. Right? And that's your reality. That's your reality. Can I have this? You know, my, my bubby has had a nice nifla. My grandmother, my, my, I, I've spoken about her. Yehuda for, for sure knows. I spoke in the Silicon Valley Holocaust Association when she was alive and well and 102 or 3 years old. My bubba was, a, was, a, was one of the 30,000 survivors in Poland. Who not my, both of my grand, my mother's parents were that, those 30,000 survivors. My father's parents were the 270,000 Polish survivors who got thrown in Siberia. <laughs> they didn't have a piece of cake, and they lost all their family, and they froze to death in Siberia for five years. Uh, but they saved their life that way. They were not in Poland for 1942, 3-4, and then in 45, while the Nazis were killing Jews. You know, my grandmother was. Okay? This, bub, this bubby you know, had a mice and ifla before, right before the war, like a year, and a, a year, year and a half before the war, with the, the Balzer Rebbe in, in, in Europe, who was called the Wonder Rebbe. The Wonder Rebbe. And the Nazis are on, on the top ten list. When the Nazis came into Poland, there were two rabbis, actually, Bells and Ger. It's a funny thing. The Ger Rebbe and the Bells Rebbe were the mo- most wanted people in Poland. They ate that. Both of them were miraculously escaped. They, the, I think the Bells Rebbe, they shaved his beard. And the Bells Rebbe as well, they shaved their beard. They hid them. They cut them out. The, the Gerab, they got right at the beginning of the war, and the Belgium escaped miraculously, ended up in Hungary, and then it started so, like, really nisim. My grandmother, she was in front of him, the Belgians didn't look at her, he had a whole story, miracle, like, well, it's, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, I'm not going to the whole details. She remembered the rest of her life, you know, she talked about, it, you know, <laughs> that whole, that story, all the details. Um, you, you, and if you don't see, you're in front of the Rebbe, you ask what you need, you're, you're good. You feel it. You feel an awe. You're in front of the Rebbe. This is probably the, the, the Rebbe Army Bells, who my grandmother was in front of, and I was in front of the hunting Rebbe, the current Rebbe. Great people, amazing, nothing compared to, they're, they're humans. They're holy people. They're tzaddikim, they're, they're mistabic to Baruch but they're humans. You imagine, can you imagine in front of Melech Malkeh, in front of Hashem, how we should feel? Uh, you know, and even though we can't, Hashem is not physical to go ahead and see, but we're in front of Hashem. And we, 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 we should be in awe of Him. God forbid, a Yigayek or Yifayek or Yishiyaruch person yawns or belches or, or spits uh, beforehand. Even if you don't realize where you are, you know, the people around you think, what are you doing? Right? You're, lo- you're lowering yourself, but feel you're standing in front of Hashem. Um, you're in a different place. And you have to be cognizant of that because you're going to connect. To, that's the connection of tefillah, right? By the way, uh, we're on Zoom, right? So you can see me in live. Those who are on here, we can see each other. I love Fagan, I can only see the picture of him, but I know you can see me at least. Uh, uh, so at the end of the day, at the end, of the day, there's a different connection. 
Now, there are many people who will listen to this and will listen to this even as, as soon as tomorrow. Listen to Torah. But you know, it's not the face-to-face. Right? There is a certain... Imagine you're talking to a parent. Right? I remember in COVID, when Zoom became very popular, there was a connection to people. Right? For some people, it was all simcha sachayim. You're connected. Right? The more a person davens, the more of a Zoom connection. Obviously, we can't, we can't see Hashem. We're humans. We can't see Hashem. Well, the closer you are to Hashem... Uh, and there's two ways we're connecting to Hashem. The first way is talking directly. As the Ramam says, when you speak to Hashem directly, you connect to Hashem. And the second way is Shmona Esri itself. The whole Shmona Esri is we're standing in front of Hashem. We may be blindfolded, but we're in front of not the Belzerebbe, not Rabbi Chaim Kanyevsky, we're st- just being in front of Hashem. As the Shomer Kronach says, we're standing in front of Hamalach. But he's a chesed neira, what a chesed, what an awesome chesed, that every time we daven, we're in front of Hashem. Shebenu Margish, whether you're in the mood, or not in the mood, whether you feel it, or you don't feel it at that moment. In front of Hashem. Right next to you, if you're a guy davening before in the beginning of Shachras, and he's slow, slow, out loud and loud, as you should do, as Ram says. And you're in Shmona Esrei. So you one guy saying Shmona Esrei, and he's saying, slow, Maybe in like a simple clap your ashray. You know, <laughs> actually you go to some Kasisha places, Ashray. Some in some Yeshivas, Yeshiva looks for Yeshivas, Yeshivas. Ah they're going so you're in Shmon Ashray and your head's not focusing. <laughs> you're going on a world tour. You're thinking about that hotel in, in San Francisco that's went bankrupt, seven hundred fifty million dollars, just like walked away. Unbelievable. He's like What's going to be with, his, with, the, with the market? This and that. Um, and this guy, you're in the middle of Shmonesi. He's sitting there davening uh, way, way more. Just uh, know one thing. That guy who's in Sukkot Zimra has more thought going into it and there's more connection. But even you, you're standing in front of Hashem. When you say Zimra, you're not, you're not standing in front of Hashem. You're, Pesukah Zimra is a warm-up that we should recognize Hashem. It doesn't have a halacha that you're standing in front of It doesn't have a reality that you're standing in front of Hashem. When, you, when are you standing in front of Hashem? Shemona Esrei. You step three steps back, you go three steps forwards, you're now in a different galaxy. You're now in a different spiritual universe. You're in front of Hashem. That guy who's diving way better than you in Pesukah Zimra is still lacking that. So you just realize every time a person dives in Shemona Esrei, they're standing in front of Hashem. They're connected to Hashem. They're blindfolded, maybe, but they're in front of the, not the Rebbe of Rebbe's, the King of Kings. They're in front of Hashem. So even that experience alone is, is not only, a, it's a tremendous chesed of connection, just being able to be in front of Hashem. Meaning the heart is just to feel this. You gotta know it. You gotta believe it. You gotta know that you're standing in that you're standing in front of Hashem. When you by the way, when you when a person walks by in front of someone davening Shmona Esrei, they're ruining their own tfilo. 
They're ruining their own davening. Forget you're doing an avera because you're not allowed to walk in front of someone. There are heterim he's blocking the door, whatever. There are certain leniencies under certain circumstances. They're in the public domain and they can't get through, whatever it may be. But ideally, you should never walk in front of a guy that's He's talking to Hashem. Not just for, is it for his sake? It's for your sake. You need to know that everyone who davens Shemona Esrei is talking to Hashem. Do you know, when you, when you walk in between two people, that's rude. That's rude. Someone's talking, you walk, walk between the two. You know, by the way, I remember, you know, you, you go to like the White House or Niagara Falls and people, these families are taking pictures in front of the White House or Niagara Falls. And they, they, the person taking the picture like 20 feet back and all the people are waving and smiling and trying to picture, right? You have to say, excuse me, I'm going to walk through. I'm going to walk through now. You know, you don't mind that it's going to go through and not kill your picture. You know, and there's twenty guys 20 feet away. Well, here you're walking right between a conversation. That's He's talking to Hashem. When you we daven, we're talking to Hashem. You got to know that. Um, even though we don't even understand what that means, that we're in front of Hashem, you can't even totally understand that. Um, uh, and that we can even ask questions. Hashem is everywhere. Why now? Right? But the, the truth is, Chazal tells us, the Nevi'im tells us, when you daven Shemona Esrei, you can get a level of being in front of Hashem that's unique to that. You, you can't have it in other times. Uh, you're in front of Hashem. You want to know, you want, three times a day, you and I come and talk to Hashem. Not in Shema, that we accept your old Shema, Shema. Not Pesukah the Zimra, that we're connecting to the greatness of Hashem. Not Elena, we're recognizing Hashem. These are all Halik, Holy, Kaddish, great, Hecher, great, high-level things. But we're not talking, we're not in front of Hashem, but for Shemona Esrei. Ka'oyim elefin emelech. Ve'dvoyim etzfilo mamesh tebeisim mikdash. When you're in the base of Mikdash, you're connected to Hashem. Right? When you're there, you're, you're there. Right? And so too when you daven. This is Gemara Brochus of Achdaf Salafes. Amr Bibi, Amr Rabbi Yoshua. Says Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi. A person spits on the Harabais, on the Temple Mount. Even today, the person, by the way, I, I, I'm not going on this right now. I gave a shir, actually, in Amalekhad, many years ago on a shuas night. Are you allowed to go on the Harabais? And overwhelmingly, you cannot. And certainly, if you not have went not to, went to a natural spring before, you cannot. One should never go up there unless you're a soldier and you have a you're protecting lives, literally. There's no reason for people to go up. It's not a nationalistic thing to go wave flags on Harabayas. And I'm not, not because I'm scared of any Arabs. I think they shouldn't be up there for sure. But we can't go, luckily, and should not be up there. But if you do go up there and you spit up there, you, let's say you, you go to a, a Mayan, you go to the parts that perhaps you can go to under certain conditions that you know what you're doing, and you spit, that's not, even today. You're, right, you're spitting in front of Hashem. And it's spitting in the middle of davening, you're spitting in front of Hashem. Uh, and which means, just like, we have, just like you can't walk in front of anybody, you can't spit. 
Imagine you have a conversation with somebody. I don't mean to be crude. I don't know. It should be grossed out. I apologize. And all of a sudden, as you're having a conversation, you start picking your nose. Or, not you. Somebody's talking to you. And another company is picking your nose. There's the conversation that's going on. A guy's picking your nose. And he spits. And he lets out a big belch. You know? Like a belch. Like a... Like, uh, like somebody watching a football game and had 30 beers, right? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> you're talking to what the guy does. Right? What, were you Dominic Shmones, right? You're talking to Hashem. I, I'm sure you all find it rude. In the middle of a conversation, the guy looks at his, his, uh, his phone and starts texting and, and stops the conversation with you. I mean, there are people addicted to their phones, so that can happen. But if it, 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 certainly if you're talking to Hashem, you take out your, your phone in the middle of Shmones, right? By the way, I, I, I'm just going to share, for many reasons, I think, again, again, let's say a person's in an office and they don't have a sitter. I'm not talking about that. It could be. And that's just under duress. person may have to down the phone. They don't know the words. Okay, I can hear that. Something's better than nothing. Daven's trying to say. But in a shul, with a sederim, a person should never daven. First person's phone doesn't belong in a shul. It doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong. Even, you know, I've read articles, I'm sure you've seen the same things, person holding his phone is he cannot think as well. They're wondering, did someone text them? Someone, if you have a, a phone with internet, a browser, an iPhone, or a smartphone, someone emailed them. They can't even focus. Just having it on them lowers their concentration level and their thinking ability. Fact. As a whole, as a general rule. It should never be, but certainly dominating. You spit in the middle of dominating. Would you spit in the middle of a conversation with somebody? Start picking your nose, and not no, I've never seen that. But if you did, burp, no davening, burp. So yeah, person knows they're davening, they're connected to Hashem. And it should also lead to an awe and joy and a connection to Hashem. Person davening, what a source, what an opportunity! I'm telling you right now, I just go go to Bells to learn what it means to be a chassid in front of a rabbi. Every time a chassid and a rebbe, they're in the center of heaven. Rebbe! And they're happy! They're with the rebbe! Well, it's a great thing, by the way. I, you know, with Rosh Hashivah, you know, with the rebbe Chaim Kenyavsky, they're happy to be with the rebbe Kenyavsky, that's all. You know? It's like pictures of Rav Shach walking down, and speak, they're speaking to him and learning the Bacham and part of it. Like, they're so happy, speak, they're in awe, they're speaking to him and learning. Great, unbelievable. Right? We're doing that with our car, not just the rebel Hashem. So now does it does it connect us? Now does it does it or we does it or is it an opportunity to daven? We should be so happy where we are. What an opportunity! What an opportunity! You can't even write it down what it means to be in front of Hashem and Davin Shmonesrei. What an opportunity it is, Davin Shmonesrei. Shmisha, here goes us. I feel pamachas. If a person really davens. It's greater than any level of that. There's nothing to compare. Again, I, you know, I can go to Yeshiva World or Matzah or, or, or just yesterday's new look at Ger Chasana, Bells of Look at the Chasidim. They're standing there and they're rejoicing. They're, it's a freedom. They're happy. They're in awe. That's a good lesson for you and I how we should be on Shmanasrei. <laughs> you think of Bells or Chasana in front of the Rebbe is going to pick his nose? Not a chance. If he was blindfolded, not a chance. Would he be in awe? Yes. If he asked a request, yes. That's what we do every day on steroids when you speak to Hashem. You daven to Hashem. But let's say a bells are chasa. I'm picking a bells and chasa. I happen to be. I have Gerb blood. I have Bell's blood, actually. Um, 
But, you know, I say a chassid would be in London. I don't know why I pick in London, but because we're in Hilde, pick London. And the, Yush- the weddings in Yushalayim. And the chassid has not, chassid of the Rebbe for 30 years. The, the, the current Bells of the Rebbe has been ready for more than 30 years already. He's a rabbi for 30 years. And, and 30 years ago, went to the rabbi, and since then, he never talked to the rabbi, never wrote to the rabbi, never went to the rabbi, never connected. How connected would be? Way less than the people who are going to the rabbi. Way less. Way less. And you need a person when they dive and they're going in front of each other. It's, it's joyful. It's an opportunity. It's a schos. person's happy. If you're sitting in David, how lucky I am. How lucky I am of davening in Hashem. There's no other opportunity like this. Let's say a person doesn't feel that. But you got to know in your intellect that that is the reality. That every time we daven to Hashem, we're in front of Hashem. And so as the, as the Pinkus says, the first way to connect to Hashem um, is that... You know, we're davening. You daven Hashem and you connect to the davening. But also that you're, when you just think where you are, the place where you are when you're davening Shemona Esrei is the place of Hashem. You will act differently. You will, you will be, behave differently and you'll daven differently. And your person will be not just the, the, be connected to Hashem. Tefillah becomes enjoyable. It becomes the greatest opportunity. I'm so happy to see my Father in Heaven. I'm so happy to connect to Hashem. It's been since the morning, right? It's been hours since I've had this opportunity. Now it's Mincha. And if you're in a shul at Marav's later, now it's Marav. Great. And at Mincha and Marav, you get a few minutes speech to say, I missed this. Right? It's an amazing thing. That it was, that's why tefillah is called a schabrus. Connection. Next week, Rav Pekas will explain the first lashon of tefillah, which is Din. Judgment, strictness. How does that, the language of tefillah, which is universal language, that will pick up next week. Okay, Shakayach.